Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Hi, welcome back to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast, episode nine, the one where size doesn't matter. Ooh, scandalous. <laughs> Get your minds out of the gutter. Right. <laughs> so we are back and ready to talk all things comparison. But first, Whitney, do we want to offer a listener review? Yes, that'd be great. Um, so we pull our listener reviews from Apple Podcasts. So if you have a chance and would like to maybe be on the podcast with your uh, little snippet of what you think of us, give us a review. Um, this is from Montana Ranch Wife. Her name is Annabelle. And she says, love, love, more farmers talking about agriculture. Wonderful, wonderful work, ladies. Also great sound quality. Love sipping coffee and listening to you ladies. We appreciate it. And we are also sipping coffee while talking to you. So if you're listening and you're drinking your coffee, we're right there with you. And we're also very thankful if you made it past episode one, because our sound quality was not good. We had to figure some things out and are still learning as we go. So thanks. Really, we just troubleshooted for 20 minutes with our microphones. <laughs> so we appreciate every listen and also reviewing our podcast, wherever you listen, offers the opportunity to others to listen who may not like us on Instagram or follow our story. So if you offer a review, we would really appreciate it because it is truly how we get our word out there. And that's our last shameless promotional plug <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And don't worry, we don't make any money. So we're not trying to take your money. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone wants to pay us, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I think what we say is valuable. Yeah. Um, so recap of the last two weeks, how's yes. harvest? Go ahead. Mm. It has been less than fun here. Breakdown central. We had a drought, so the yields are not doing as well as we'd hoped, but all of it is stuff we can't control. So it's been kind of a mind battle. Isn't that the tale of farming? Yeah. I had a post yesterday that I just said, um, doing things that you do repeatedly or whatever makes you insane. And it's like, yeah, that's farmers. Because <laughs> even, even though we've had this outcome, we still love it and we'll continue to do it as long as we can. Yep. As long as the good Lord allows us. Yeah. So well, it's been, it's been rough here, but it's slowly getting better and the breakdowns have gotten smaller. So that's good. Yeah. And I want to like touch on that later because I think that our whole podcast can fuel you or break you down based on what you're talking about. And so remind me to touch back on your harvest situation. Okay. To piggyback off yours, you guys had a drought. We had a swamp land over here. You know, I think Whitney and I are nine hour difference in travel destinations. We're about nine hours apart. And so just in that small window of mileage, we had so much rain all summer. We're still getting consistent rain every single week. And we are actually having better than normal yields, but 
as many of you know, if you've listened before, we didn't get all of our acres planted. So we're grateful for what we are getting this year. Um, harvest is going relatively smooth. We got a lot of our corn acres out early because of our grain dryer, which I'm so grateful for. And now we're working on beans. Normally we rent two combines for beans. So that speeds up the bean cutting process. But this year we chose not to because we didn't plant all of our acres and it just was one of those costs that we could eliminate. So things are going a little slower. I think Jordan comes home imagining that we're farther along in bean harvest than we are, but we are getting along really well and no complaints from this side of the state. Yeah. It's hard not to complain. That's what I really like to be positive, but there are just sometimes that you, that's all you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yeah. hard to it's hard to be defeated, overachieved more days than not, but we'll get it done. Yeah, and again, it's just a phase. Like this is one of those things. Everything that's kind of falling into place in your life will change in another week or another month. And so if you can just tough it out in that short period of time and stay as positive as possible, I think that the the tides will definitely change. Yeah, for sure. We we're taking it day by day. So this plays perfectly into our podcast today. You know, the one where size doesn't matter, really get your minds out of the gutter because we're talking about farm size and how it doesn't necessarily mean bigger is better or smaller is worse. There's all of these misconceptions in farming. And we actually chatted with our husbands about maybe their insecurities on comparing their farm to other farms. And so we're just going to jump right in, start with that, and we'll follow up with the women's perspective afterward. Yeah, I think with men, numbers are a big thing. So bushel per acre, you know, I heard Jay Hill, he quoted something in a podcast one time that until he became super secure with his, with his own choices and thoughts, he was always comparing well, that guy's tractor is way cleaner. He, he's got a clean tractor or he's got less weeds than me. His bushel breaker is higher. And he just said, I had to realize that what I am doing is as best as I can. And I don't have time to clean my tractor right now. It'll get clean in the winter. And he just said, once I realized that I should stop comparing apples to oranges, because what he had going on was completely different than this guy. You know, that's what it's all about is comparing something you don't know about someone else to what you do know about yourself. And how can we compare yields when we don't have all the information, right? Input costs are vastly different. So input costs would be uh, fertilizer, chemical, what, you know, what you choose to plant, your seed selection, your cash rent, or if you own the ground, your payment, what else? Um, Even inputs from mother nature. I mean, that guy could have gotten rain on that side of the road and you didn't or less heat. You know, it's just, there's so many factors that you can't, you can't know them all about someone else. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that the comparison of yields is the most um, manly, proud, hoorah, you know, farmer type thing that they try to compare. Okay. So you have 200 bushel corn. Great. Like that is so stellar. One, I don't know if you're telling the truth. So, you know, the coffee shop talk, who really knows what's right. true and what's not. And, and was that 200 to 20 bushel one spot in your field, or is that truly a field average? And two, right. 
if your input costs are so vastly different than mine, what is the only thing that matters? Whitney, I know you know it. Your own field, your yeah. own, your own, what you made. It doesn't matter. Profit, profit per acre. Yes. Profit per, per acre. And so when we look at, if I'm profiting $5 an acre on this piece of ground and you're profiting three, or it's not quite that tight on margins, but, um, it, it doesn't matter what yield you have. Right. And so I think men's perspective is so, um, Based that's on the numbers. That's the one thing they can be like insecure about, right? Because I think men aren't quite as emotional or gullible or, you know, feely as women are. No, they aren't. Like, you can't tell me that Jordan looks at another dude and is like, dang, look at that bod. (laughs) Because it's not like that. Uh -uh. He's like, damn, look at that guy's corn. Gosh, his is so much better than mine. And that is so silly for even men. I mean, it's hard for women too to see the numbers and wonder why yours aren't that or what you could have done to get that. And at the end of the day, as long as I think you're giving a hundred percent effort, what else can you do? Yeah. Jordan, your best. I don't think, I know Jordan, he does compare, but he tries not to tell me about it because it like fuels me sometimes to compare and do things like that. And so the other day he came home and I'd mentioned, we usually run two bean combines and we, we aren't this year. And he said, man, how does everyone else just get by quicker and smoother than we do? And I said, well, why are, what are you basing that on? And he's like, well, I don't know. Like he just, in his head, he thought that. I think because the fields along the roads are getting cut and I don't know. We're still, we're still combining. We're still cutting soybeans. So they may not be on the highway, but how does that mean that they're doing any better than us? And I don't know. I really challenged him and he goes, I guess you're right. I don't really know how their farms are, you know, running. And so then he dropped it because, but that like picture, it it intimidated him. Yeah. And you know, men, you know, you said that you don't know if Jordan really feels that or anything. Men don't talk about that kind of crap. I know that's like feely, feely stuff that they're too mainly to talk about. So I, I know that Bart feels that way about other people's fields. He, he doesn't get down about it. I don't think, but I know he thinks comparison in his head. When we first started farming, there's a older gentleman that's right beside us, right across the road. And our first year, I don't remember what our yield was, but his was like astronomically higher, like 50 (laughs) bushel higher. And like, come to find out talking to a few neighbors he like over fertilizes like he spends buku bucks fertilizing and it's like well i mean that's why his that's why his his input is way more so his output i mean his you know what he made profit wise may not be better than ours because of his input cost Mm -hmm. but really that's just a number that we know nothing about yeah but that works for him and that's fine that like each individual farm works in their own way so if you want to add extra fertilizer or you want to spend a premium on a certain seed or you want to buy a bigger piece of equipment which is a whole nother topic um that's great for you and your farm but at the end of the day we can't just solely compare yields and think that that's a true one-to-one comparison. Like it's apples, it's apples and oranges really, because no farm is structurally, financially, managerially. I don't think that's word. The same. Sounded good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No one, no one anywhere is the same. You know, Bart and his brother, they both farm and they're 
very much the same human, have the same thoughts, but I guarantee you if we sat down and compared everything, they would not be the same. Yeah. That's the, that's the beauty of the country. Like I love living in America because we get choices and the choices that we make dictate our business and our life. And so if you're listening and you're a farmer, if we've caught an audience of men, well, I guess women are farmers too. Don't crucify me on that one. If you are listening and you're finding yourself comparing your farm to others, it's okay to do in a healthy manner, but know that you're not the same. So, you know, putting yourself down because of the comparison is not okay. No. From a wife's perspective, I guess in my eyes, and I'm sure you could agree, being the positive reinforcer there and reminding them of those things that, that they already know, but they're kind of questioning in their mind is really important as our role as a farm wife. I completely agree with you. It's a tough job to have a farmer and a supporter and we play both roles. And I mean, not to downplay the farmer's role at all, because dang, that's a tough job. I cannot imagine being the, being Jordan. Um, right. That yeah. would be, oh, I'm too emotional for that. <laughs> yeah. And I require sleep. Oh, too much sleep. I guess if you have to be the, the caregiver, you just require just a little more sleep. And we really don't get it because our kids don't sleep. Also true. It's a full moon. <laughs> Dirty tricks you play, God. One more area of men's comparison before we just jump straight on into the nitty gritty of the women's side is equipment. Do you always need the next best piece of equipment? I think a, a big part of our operation is we chat, what do we need versus what do we want? Because there's a lot of things that we want, but do we need it? Like when we, so we leased a sprayer for several years just because it kept us in a new one with as many acres as he was spraying. So this last lease, we just decided you know, he's cutting back on acres. And so we decided to buy out our lease on the current sprayer we have. Um, and it's good on ours. It's a really nice sprayer still, but we just decided that we were not going to do the next best thing because we didn't need it anymore. We just leased a sprayer this year and we leased two of our tractors. Actually, we've found some kind of a nice balance between owning and leasing. And I would like to say that we're equipment poor, but not really. It, we're within our ratio that we've allowed ourselves in our budget to be, um, have newer equipment. But we do um, believe in turning over our equipment uh, like a third, a third, and a third. And so it always seems like we're buying something new, but really we're just doing it in, in increments so that we don't have to buy everything new in one year because that would just be debilitating to our business. And I, I'm learning that and I still hate writing equipment checks, but I think that, <laughs> did you guys hear that? That's my kids. That's two moms recording a podcast and my kids fighting. Yeah. We've already had to stop a couple of times. <laughs> uh, we're not editing that out. That's going to stay in for authenticity. <laughs> it's real life. We already had to pause because Layton came and knocked on the door and told me that Rowdy had an evil diaper. So oh, evil diaper. You've oh. totally said that. That's like you. <laughs> <laughs> she is a mini me. That's okay. So yeah, as far as the equipment. Yeah. It was well, so as far as like, from my standpoint, I'll look out and be like, oh my gosh, they have a giant tractor. They have a, you know how, what I mean? Like you look out and you think 
they have all these things when in reality, none of us really have it because none of us, I'm going to speak for a large majority of farmers. We don't own it yet. Mm -hmm. We're just merely paying for it. So don't think that we're like making buku bucks because we have a big tractor when really we're making payments on it just like you do on your home or your car or anything like that. They're just large payments that we make in order to have things that work for what we need. Yeah. And the equipment size is based on the need of your farm. So you don't need a, a big tractor, maybe a quad track if you I don't know. I'm not very good at, I'm not fluent in equipment talk. Okay. So right. you don't need that maybe a size or an extra tractor if you're a smaller farm, or you may need an extra tractor if you have too many acres and your time frame is lower. Uh, maybe you need to rent one, maybe lease, maybe buy. You just really have to look at your own numbers. And so if your farmer next door has less acres than you and has more tractors, it's not something to compare to because mm -hmm. you we just don't know their situation. Maybe no. they use one of those tractors to pump manure for their hog buildings. Case in point. I mean, I don't know. You know, you, we None of us know. know. There's too many unknowns to compare. But yeah. having nice equipment is nice, but you have to be able to afford it. Right. And even having nice equipment, we still break down. Do you think that the public perception of your farm is important? This is a really good question for you. Um as far as like how we present ourselves or what do you think? Yeah. Well, kind of like how your farm is perceived in the community. Like, so Larson Ag or what, you know, when people talk about your farm, do you think that that is important? Do you think it causes you to gain or lose acres? Do you think that it improves your business in any way? Um, you know, we try to run our business a certain way and our, our name is behind it. Do you think um, that I it think really matters? I think it does matter because it's your baby. You want to, you want to back it with the pride and the good work that you have done. So I do think it matters if people are talking about how well you're doing because it makes you look like you're a good business person. Yeah. I don't think it's super important if we're talked about, I guess I would say. I mean, I would like, I would like to know that people think that we're doing the best we can with what we have. Mm -hmm. and that we're doing a good job and doing it with pride. But I don't feel that, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't think it's super important if people are out there talking about us, but if yeah, they are, I would like them to be doing it because we're doing a good job. Yep. I, I agree with you. We have a farm Facebook page that I try to promote our life, you know, really um, almost conservatively. We don't put everything on there. We do positive things. We do some real, I do some real posts too, but it really is a perception of not only our farm, but of agriculture in general in the Midwest. And so I think that, you know, generally if the community is talking about you, it's not always positive. So not being talked about is probably better than being talked about sometimes. But I don't necessarily know if the public perception causes you to gain or lose acres. I don't know. It might. Hmm. I hope I think that that probably just all depends on what landowners here, I guess. Yep. And yeah. what, like how they connect with you. I would say the one thing that does probably get talked about in a negative manner is the equipment or what you have. Yeah. I, would I think agree. farmers get a bad rap that we're rich and we are far from rich. Just because we have nice things <sighs> does not mean anything. I could really tangent off into a like rant, but I'm just not going to. I know, but that that's the general perspective is that we're just 
rich and we're definitely not. So yeah. All right. Well, let's just talk about women and those nasty creatures that we are, or we can be. Yes. So I would say that the biggest issue with women's comparison is fighting our own mind. Usually in most cases, the issue is within ourselves. So if I hop on Instagram and I see that Mary over here is doing such and such on their farm and I'm over here doing such and such, I would compare and, and, and downplay myself when in reality I'm doing a lot for our farm in my own way. I agree. It's so hard to look at someone else and not compare negatively. I think there is positive comparing. Yeah. But I think in the biggest issue is that we downplay ourselves. Yep. We're mean to ourselves. Yeah. We're our biggest critic. So for farming aspect, the, the only thing that is important to me on that yield is how much money is coming into my bank account and can I pay the bills? (laughs) Yeah. How much, how much you're actually profiting is what is the big deal. And can we pay our bills? Can we pay off our operating note? And almost like, can we better our last yield? So if Jordan calls me and says, we have this X amount of yield. So let's just say it's 200 bushel corn. Okay. Like I'm happy because that's better than we had last year. Like to me, that's my, I'm trying to beat our last self because that's the only true that I know. Right. Or, or like us, So you said you want to try to beat your last year's yield. Well, we have done corn on corn for several years and you will obviously lose a little yield every year because of Mm -hmm. the plant plant taking the nutrients, but we replenish those nutrients with our anhydrous, our fertilizer, all of the above, but that yield is going to just plateau or maybe even go down a little. So then, you know, that's when we get in our heads like, gosh, dang, last year was 220, this year's 210. It's like, in reality it's not that big of a deal yep. when you're still going to profit. Yeah. That 10 bushel per acre is different, but that's kind of what you get when you don't summer fallow and we don't summer fallow. Yeah. We do a, we do rotating crop. Generally we sometimes will plant corn on corn, but almost always we have about a 50, 50 split of beans and corn and we just rotate acres. Um, This year we didn't because we had the weather made us made some really hard decisions really quick, but right. it just is what it is. Each farm is unique and whatever works for you works for you. Right. And I always tell Bart, well, he always says to me, you know, when we're harvesting, if, if it's not doing as well as he thought, he always says, well, we're not going to put any more ears on now. And it's like, yeah, we've done what we can. We've nourished this land and this plant and what it is is what it is. Farming makes you understand what is out of your control and it makes you really be forward thinking and less reactive. I'm a very reactive person, but farming has made me accept things that I cannot change in various aspects of my life. Yeah. And you just, I mean, you can't be reactive or you're going to be crazy all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Year round, you would be a psycho. (laughs) Yeah. You might be like initially reactive, but like in a very quick second, I can step back and say like, okay, well, that's not going to change. And it makes me, um, it makes me also do that in my personal life. Like, okay, well I can't change that. So we'll just 
move on and go with life because I can only change me and my opinion. I can't change someone else's opinion. I can't change their schedule. And that is what it is. Yeah, it is. And, and we have here, life isn't always greener on the other side. It's how you water it. It's how you, you need to worry about your own lawn, do what works for you, nourish what you can. It does not matter what your neighbor is doing or what someone across the world is doing. You know, that's hard. A part of social media is seeing women from all over when in reality, our, our surroundings are nothing alike. Even you and I, like nothing is the same. We don't get rain. You get rain sometimes, but like (laughs) nothing we can't, we could not compare our farms. There's no way that those would even remotely compare. Like, you know, on direct TV, when you go to like compare your channels, Yeah. I would love to just do that with a farm and see how there is nothing that is the same. Yeah. But that would cause us all to tell all of our secret farming, you know, methods and God, we do that. It would, but I'm just saying it would nothing across the board, whatever. No, I agree. Be the same. Uh, don't let social media be your, the only positive influence in your life. So I was talking to Jordan. This is like the secrets of the upper sin family. I was talking to Jordan and I was telling him about all of these positive ways that social media has influenced my life, my Instagram community, my friends, my farm wives run girls, like all of these things that have lifted me up and made me see things in a different light. And it just really makes me feel good. And he said, that's great. I'm so happy for you. And like, uh, probably not exactly that, but he said something like that. And he said, don't let you only get feel full and feel happy from social media. And I, I said, Oh, I don't like, I'm very content with my friendships at home. I'm very content with our life. I'm very content with our farm. Um, but it did make me think like I am on my phone often. And is that filling up my cup? And is that, you know, the only way that I feel that positive influence? It's not because I've been able to self-reflect, but it's something to think about. Yeah. And and for me, it's almost like self-care. Yeah. When I started doing Instagram, it was like a blog. Like I just wanted to like make friends, Yep. talk about our life. And for me, from my standpoint, we're, we're busy right now. We don't get to see our friends unless it's rainy, you know, like something has mm-hmm. happened and we're blessed that our friends totally understand that and still love us and invite us no matter what. Mm -hmm. But for me, I get that from, I guess, my social media when I can't see my friends. Yeah, I agree. So that's, that's kind of like my side of it. But when, when it's winter, you better bet that I'm with my friends all the time. Yeah. We got to go camping last weekend and it, it, that filled my cup up. Like I spent a hundred percent of my time with my family. Jordan didn't have to go to work for 24 hours, which was amazing. And we just spent time together out in the wilderness. We smelled like campfire smoke, could barely breathe, drank one too many beers. And I just, that's how I filled my cup up that weekend. And it was awesome. And it was very, a real connection, but social media kind of fills in those holes. You know what I mean? Like when you can't get that one-on-one interaction and Whitney, you and I, we've become really good friends. And so when I'm disconnected and I don't have a chance to text you, I'm like, oh, well, shoot, I missed chatting with Whitney. You know, we go through that, like, okay, well, hello, are you there? What, how's your life? Um, but so life I don't know. Happens. 
It's got it's good just and bad. Like in reality, if you were here, we'd probably talk more on the phone anyway. Yeah. Just because it's that time of year. So let, let that social media uh, connection, let it, don't compare, let it lift you up, but know that you still need to make an effort to make those connections in your real life. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, another thing is this kind of piggybacks off of that. Don't let your self-worth be defined by, by what others are doing on social media or what even people in, in, I like to say your real life because well, in reality, like around you Mm -hmm. doing, because the same thing, things are so different. Mm -hmm. People may be struggling financially and you don't know. And you know, there's just so many aspects to life that we don't know. And personalities are just different. I'm a very much an extrovert communicator, loud in your face, will tell you how it is type of person, dominant. Right. Um, and so how I display my life is different than even if we were the same, how you would display your life. Not necessarily you, but right. someone else, just our and personalities. So, yeah. And like a person that isn't comfortable enough sharing may think we're extra when really that's just our personality. So as far as comparing your life on social media or even in your own community, it can be really mentally trying. Um, Don't let yourself get down. It's okay to get down. Don't unpack. We talk about the same thing every single podcast, but every two weeks you need to hear it. Yeah. And I've had people message that they say, I went to do this and this. And I remember Whitney and Kylie saying, don't unpack. Just don't pack and live there. Stay grateful. And so I'm glad that we're making an impact. Yeah, me too. And you know what? The other day I had to listen to our own podcast to listen to my words. I had to listen to the extra grace one when we were in harvest and I was feeling down and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go listen to Kylie and I talk about it because we had really great points in that one. And I did, and I felt better. I felt like I should have a gratitude attitude and stop having a freaking pity party. So I was glad that I went and re-listened. Yeah. Farming can be so isolating, especially for females who have all the feelings that they can't control at certain times of the month, if you get what I'm putting down. Yeah. Um, so the long seasons are hard. We are in the heart of it. It's been four weeks and for us for harvest about a month and I definitely have different feelings about harvest than I did a month ago, but we're getting through. Yeah. Yep. And, and so another thing I want to touch on because I kind of had it happen this last week was if you're a working farm wife versus a stay at home farm wife, our lives look super different. So don't ever put yourself down because, because a stay at home farm wife is doing more you're just as important where you're at. Like the let whatever you're doing be enough is super important for everyone to remember. I feel like in in reality and in the farming world of women, that's super important. Remember the joys that life brings, the freedoms you get with farming and just a gratitude attitude for sure. Yes, it is definitely one of those things that you just have to give it up to God and pray about it and know that what, what you're doing is enough for you and your family. And if you have the energy to do a little more then do a little more, and if not, you're good. Yep. Okay. That's all we got.
Let's end it with a quote. Okay. The reason why we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Don't compare your results with someone else's. You can never be another person. You can only be a better version of yourself. Perfect. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Chat soon. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at the grateful farmwife. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest Farmwives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in every day. Stay grateful, friends.